Welcome to Apply Filters, the podcast all about WordPress development. Now, here's your hosts, Pippin Williamson and Brad Tunar. Welcome to episode 57. This time, Pippin and I will be talking about what we've been up to and a little recap of Pressnomics. But first... This episode is sponsored by Gravity Flow, an advanced add-on for Gravity Forms that allows you to automate your business processes. Whether you need to set up workflows for purchase orders, job applications, admission forms, project initiations, vacation requests, or any other kind of workflow that involves feedback loops, approvals, etc., Gravity Flow allows you to do this easily while also leveraging the power of Gravity Forms. Uh, you can find out more information at gravityflow.io. And be sure to thank them for sponsoring this episode. All right, Brad, what have you been up to? Well, we just actually released a major release this week. Um, So uh, WP Offload S3 1.1 was released. Um, And what is new in that? uh, Lots of stuff, uh, but I'll give you kind of the highlights. well, so one of the big things uh, is that we moved c- to kind of the same model we use for Migrate DB Pro, and that is that the like the upgrade, the Pro upgrade version, is a replacement for the free version. So when you upgrade, you have to actually kind of drop in this other plugin and, and deactivate the other plugin. Actually, we'll actually. So it wasn't that way before. No. So it was a bolt-on. So the upgrade was a bolt-on to the free. So you had to run them both. Um, And what we realized was uh, that it was a pretty big advantage, actually, to have it run on its own as a standalone. Because then we could release the free, free version and then kind of test the pro version for a week and then release the pro version. And in that, in that uh, kind of time span... Uh, if there was any issues discovered by the free plugin users, we could fix those and roll them into a patch and patch the free version. And then when the pro version goes out, you know, those fixes are in it uh, for, for our customers. So the customers get that kind of that extra little benefit, you know. Um, that doesn't mean that we're going to like not test the free version and just push out, you know, crummy code. <laughs> Uh, but we still test the free version thoroughly, of course, but, but it's, it's just nice for the, the customer, our customers get the kind of benefit of the free version being out there for a while first. Is there going to be any kind of, uh, upgrade pains for changing that model, uh, for existing customers? Uh, we did run into an issue. (laughs) I guess we didn't quite test the, all the scenarios quite right. Like if you, because if you like deactivate one plugin and activate the other plugin, anyway, there was some scenario where things didn't work. <laughs> and when we pushed out the free version, things broke. So we had to roll it back right quick and do, do some fixes. And then and then we rolled out uh, the fixes. So yeah, well, it's so, always frustrating when that happens, but you yeah. know, welcome to development. Yeah, exactly. It's, to be expected and to be fair like our my team did an awesome job of recognizing the problem and like and, and containing it so we only actually had 10 people complain to customer support so that i mean that's a win in my books so yeah that's that's good so yeah so kudos to my team for that um we've also changed the license the way uh, we calculate usage of the license so the the usage is based on the media library size 
and it was just that. So no matter if you had offloaded any of your media library to S3 or not, uh, it would count the full size of your media library. And some people didn't like that. A lot of people expected it to only count the files that you, you'd actually offloaded to S3 towards the limit. And uh, so, yeah, some people were put off by that. So we said, you know what? You guys are kind of right. It's, it's kind of, it, sh it should be fairer to, uh, to have, to only count the files that you're, you're actually offloading. Right. Makes more sense to price it on how you've actually used it as opposed to how you might use it. Yeah. I mean, the whole idea of the, that licensing model was to kind of capture the size of the site and relate what you pay to the size of your site so that bigger sites right. pay more kind of thing. But I could see why people didn't, didn't, didn't quite like that idea. Yeah, um, for sure. So we changed it up. Uh, we also added like a download tool so you can like download all your um, files that you end up, that you do upload to S3. You can download them all back to your server. So there's an option that uh, download you, them as in like download a big archive of them or download them as in import them back into your media library. Yeah. So what happens is when there's an option uh, in our plugin that says like remove files from server. So when you upload a file to S3, it'll actually remove it from your local server. And a lot of people use it because, you know, if you have t gigs and gigs of files, you know, you probably don't want to be taking up your local hard drive. Right. Well, part of the that. part of the point of offloading them to S3 is to actually offload them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, not just clone them. Exactly. So so uh, the download tool allows you to download all of those files in bulk back to your server. So, for example, if you wanted to stop using our plugin at some point, you could use this tool to do that. And actually, one of the reasons we built it, uh, the tool, is because some people wanted to start over. Like, so they messed something up when they were setting up the plugin, um, and things got out of whack. So they just wanted to download everything back to their server and just kind of uninstall the plugin and start over and re-upload everything. This allows them to do that, right? And it does uh, find and replace as well. So, like, you, it gives you the option when you click begin download, you can it'll prompt you saying, you know, do you also want to do a find and replace on all your content and revert back to using like local file URLs in your content? So referencing the local file. Um, so, so yeah, so that's a kind of, kind of like an uninstaller, I guess. Um, but, but we couldn't make it part of like the, tr the typical WordPress uninstaller because um, it needs to be batched. Like we, we couldn't do like, you know, 200,000, media library items, for example, in like the uninstall process. No, um, it would that, just die. That WordPress provides. Yeah, exactly. So the other thing was uh, private toggling. So private public toggling. So you can actually like set a file as private on S3 just by clicking the kind of the link uh, when you're viewing the uh, attachment details. So um, that that's for like if... Uh, if you're dealing with like a third-party plugin that wants, like, say, EDD, for example, <laughs> that that wants uh, some wants the files to be private, uh, then that'll work. Oh, this one's cool for developers, and this was a request uh, from. We didn't get tons of requests for this, but a, a few people requested it, and we thought it was a good idea. Uh, you can actually define 
any setting that you can set in the UI, you can now define in code in your WP config. I, I saw that in your blog post, and of all the features you put in, that's the one that really captured my attention. Yeah. Um, and mostly thinking, like as a developer, let's say, like if I run a lot of sites and I always use the same configuration, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's. I mean, that's who it's for, right? Um, but one of the things that we did, kind of above and beyond, was we locked the UI. So the UI will actually show what the setting is, but it'll be grayed out and it'll say defined in wp-config.php. So That's that, great. So kind of like how if you define the site URL or a home URL for WordPress in wp-config, those settings in general cannot be changed. They show you what they are, but they can't be changed. Exactly. That would be great for our people running client sites that don't want clients possibly changing the settings. Exactly. That's that's the that was the request. That was the request yeah. that we were getting. That's very cool. People didn't want their clients screwing with the settings and screwing up their site. Um, so, but, so this allows them to at least see the settings. But um, and and actually, what we did, uh, we told people what they could do easily enough is just you know using WordPress's filters, you could remove our menu item and stuff. But they were like, yeah, well, it'd be nice if you could still see the settings. So yeah, why not? Um, and then we just did uh, some UI updates, lots of docs. And uh, we, we added a new integration. So advanced custom fields image crop plugin. So that's like an add-on to the advanced custom fields. Uh, so we integrate with that now so that they work together. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Like, I mean, it's a pretty big release, like I said. But, uh, yeah, that's a, huge, man. There's a highlight. Congrats on getting that out. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so what have you been up to? Well, um, since getting back from Pressnomics, I've had uh, kind of three main focuses. These were partially on the plane ride home and then also once I actually got home. Uh, so the first one is that just before I left for Pressnomics, I signed a lease on an office space. So I'm in the process of moving out of my home office I rented an office uh, near downtown for where I live. So I've been working on setting that up. I got all of my internet set up and configured yesterday. And now all I have to do is move furniture. So I actually worked from the office most of the day yesterday on a card table. I can <laughs> and, picture uh, it now. Pippin putting on <laughs> his suit in the morning, going into an office, brewing himself a cup of tea <laughs> or a cup of coffee. <laughs> It's probably not going to go uh, like that, right? <laughs> uh, not quite. Uh, mostly the whole suit process. Um, yeah. So this is something I've been actually wanting to do for a while now. One of my struggles that I've always had, and I think most people that work from home have this, whether they recognize it or not, is a the difficulty in separating work from home. So I have a home office. It's a, it's a separate room. And I try to treat it as if I'm in the office, I'm working. If I'm not in the office, I'm not working. But that's pretty difficult. I find myself working at the breakfast table or working on from the couch in the evening or various things like that. Um, and that can easily put strains on on family time or just in not taking enough breaks. So it's too easy to work too much. And so one of the things that I've wanted to do is create a better separation. Uh, and so part of that is to get an out-of-house office. And it's also... I'm going to use it as a, or another reason why um, I'm excited for this is I strategically picked the spot that is perfect biking distance from my house. And so as long as the weather's nice, my goal is to bike to work every single day. And so 
biking there and back in the at least once a day will be something like 10 miles. Um, so while it's not a huge distance, it's enough that um, help to take care of my my physical health. And right. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, uh, man, I, I struggle with that. I struggle with that stuff as well. And I've considered getting an office as well. But I love the I, I love every morning when I can just go. Uh, from downstairs in the kitchen after breakfast to, to upstairs. My, I'm always thankful for that, especially when it's miserable outside. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And the, the nice thing is, is that even with a dedicated office space, I can still do that because I have the freedom of, you know what, today I'm going to work from home. That's true. Um, yeah. But one of the problems that I have with my home office is that I think I am too quick to go straight from I wake up to the office and not taking time to enjoy the morning, not taking time to really get ready, not, not taking enough time for, for me and family in the morning because the office is right there. And so it, um, it's, it takes a little less commitment to go and get started in a way. So is your family home a lot of the working day for you as well? Yes. Yes. Almost every day. Right. So that, that makes a big difference. I would definitely be getting an office if that was the case. My wife and kids are gone during the day. So it's, okay, sure. it's, it's pretty, it's a kind of a different situation. Yeah. When my wife was home on maternity leave and there was a crying baby in the house too. I mean, that was, that was some trying times. I, I almost got an office during that, that period. So I, I can sympathize. Yeah. Um, and in one way you, we, we can look at it as an out of home office allows you to remove distractions. Um, and in another way, because you're removing distractions, it means that it takes a lot less time in the day to get things done. Um, which means that when means I can quit earlier, means I can go home and be done. And so that time that we do have as family time in the evening or in the mornings, uh, is much more engaged. It's not, I'm still thinking about a work thing while trying to play with the kids or trying to make dinner or things like that. So we'll see. Um, it's an experiment for me. Um, we'll see how it goes in six months. I'm sure I'll probably have an update. Other than that, I've had a couple of plugin updates that we've been working on. Um, during during Pressnomics was a, a fun opportunity for us because some of our, our customers of our new recurring payments plugin for EDD were, were there. And so we got to sit down and talk to them face-to-face and kind of work through some experiences they're having, either good or bad, and kind of get firsthand feedback about anything that they're seeing that they would like improved or like added. We did that and then decided to immediately jump on them and go ahead and get them addressed. One of the things I'm always surprised by, um, it shouldn't surprise me anymore, but it does, is how complicated subscriptions are, how many caveats there are of especially when you take into account things like license keys and being able to renew a license key or extend a license key or uh, being able to cancel a subscription or being able to update the payment method on a subscription when the original card fails to be charged or something like that. There's so many little edge cases. Um, and so we are able to see some of those, some of those edge cases with when sitting down firsthand with some of our customers and work on getting them addressed. Uh, so we are preparing a, a quick release that's going to go out sometime in the next week. Um, it's just about done. Beyond that, then we also did another quick release for Affiliate WP, which is 1.7.15. Can't believe that we're up into 15 for our point release. Um, <laughs> we've, we've actually had this big 1.8 version planned for 
oh man, it's gotta be close to six or seven months now. Um, and we're determined to, to actually push out 1.8 at some point, but we've been pushing out a point release, I swear, probably every three or four weeks before that. So before we get there, we might be up to 1.7.27, who knows? <laughs> but nice. uh, so we got, we got 1.7.15 out for affiliate WP and it's got just, it's some little things, um, little bugs here and there, uh, as, and a couple of small enhancements, nothing, nothing too major, but a nice one to push out. Right. Nice. So yeah, that's about it. Um, otherwise, just trying to get back into the swing of things from being gone for a week of Pressnomics. We we are having a team meetup at Pressnomics, so we all the whole team flew in, or most of the team flew in um, on Monday before the event, and fl didn't fly out until Sunday. So we were all there for almost a week, and so you know, lots of catch up after that, lots of trying to get back into the normal flow of things. Did you guys like actually not sleep very much? Like because you were working or because uh, of other uh, things? No, a combination of all the above. So <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, before the event, we have times when we're just staying up late because we're just chatting. We're spending time together, getting to know each other better. Um, times that we're actually working. Then during the event, you also have, I mean, after parties go late and things like that. So, you know, it's, it's difficult to get a lot of sleep in that kind of environment. And so you come home and you're just exhausted. How about Pressnomics? You have any highlights or anything that you want to really share from the event? Yeah, I've got a good one, actually. Uh, so um, it, it relates to our last episode of, of Apply Filters, actually, because we covered background processing uh, in the last episode. And one of the dilemmas I think I talked about in the last episode was that how do we get it into WordPress core? How do we get background processing into WordPress core? A feature plugin doesn't really make sense. And so I talked uh, to uh, Mike Schroeder or Shredder as he's often referred to in the WordPress community and Aaron Jorben, uh, who both are, you know, I think they're, they're core committers or they've had core commit access. I don't know. Anyway, they're, they're very involved with WordPress core and at the very least. So, so they gave me the idea of piggybacking on a feature plugin. So, so find a feature plugin that, um, that would need background processing and then, and build the background processing into that plugin. And then that way, you know, you know, it potentially both could go in at the same time. And I was like, my mind just blew up. At that oh, point. that's an excellent. I was idea. like, I was like, so really the background processing is it's needed for that feature, but it gives you, it also gives you that opportunity to build it as a generic API that that feature just happens to leverage. Exactly. So, cool. so, uh, so Mike, Mike gave me, Mike actually gave me an idea of a feature plugin that is, I think, I don't know if it's just an idea now or it's actually, you know, being pushed forward yet. I haven't looked into it, but it's uh, it's on the fly image generation. So, um, you know, when a page loads and a um, an image loads on the page, you could kick off like a background process to create like a more appropriate size of image for that particular screen resolution that who you know whoever loaded the page at that particular time. So you serve the you know the image that you have that's the best fit, but also go in the background and and process uh, an image better suited for that display. And I was like, oh yes, that is a good idea. That's a good. That does sound like a pretty good fit. 
So there might be something that we're going to try to push forward uh, with, with that idea of, of kind of helping out another feature plugin uh, and, and that's very cool trying to get background processing in. So that would be, that'd be really cool to see. So uh, yeah. What, what was the highlight uh, for you? Definitely our team meetup and getting everybody there in one place. We had our um, almost all of the EDD team there and we had a couple of team members that none of us had ever met in person before so getting to know them firsthand was definitely the highlight for me. Um, now, event-related, my my favorite thing about any WordPress event is sitting down and being able to talk to people that either I don't know or I've not met in person before or I don't talk to very often. Just sitting in the courtyard and having conversations, by far the highlight for me. Um, I don't know if – I don't think there's any particular conversation that Stan, that was – exceptionally better than than any others um all well, of them, we all i mean of them me combined. and you we talked right so that i mean that has to be that's the best true one. <laughs> but you know i talked to you every other week so <laughs> yeah but you but you gave a talk too right like you a, i did well it was about it was similar to the blog post that you wrote, wrote recently right yeah so a couple of weeks ago i wrote a blog post about titled um be a little uh, selfish be, be a little selfish that's what yeah. it was um, and I actually wrote that blog post while trying to prepare for this talk. One of the one of the ways that I find really helps me to to put an idea together is to write it as a blog post um, and to put to kind of organize my thoughts and put them into words better is to write it as a blog post. So while I was preparing my presentation for Pressnomics, I decided to write that blog post and use it as the foundation for what I discussed. And the premise of it was that. In order for us to stay healthy as individuals and as a team, and I don't mean just physically healthy or mentally healthy, but also to be happy with our work in order for us to to do good work and to do what we want to do and to really thrive in our in our products or services that we offer, we have to be sure that we're taking care of ourselves and that we are taking care of our team. And so it was based on the premise of being a little bit selfish. Um, by that, I mean, like, if you realize there's something in your work or something in your daily life that you really don't like, or you're really tired of doing, or something that's bothering you, try to address it. So I gave a couple of examples. Um, one of them was work-related, and one of them was very personal. So on the work-related note, in the easy digital downloads ecosystem, we we realized a few months ago that we'd kind of got to this point where we had to decide who we are going to be. We had to decide, are we running a marketplace for other people, for people to sell their EDD plugins, or are we selling our product? Up until now, up until a couple of months ago, we had been really kind of running both of them at the same time. So we built our products, we built the EDD plugin, and we built our core add-ons that kind of had served as the foundation for the platform that we built. And then we had this whole slew of other add-ons built by other people that did other things. And we were selling both of them side by side, kind of advertising them in the same way as though they're all one cohesive product and platform. When in reality, there's a lot of mix and match. There's a lot of different quality of work. There's a lot of 
hidden conflicts here and there. Like maybe maybe this EDD add-on doesn't quite work with this one. And so when you put them together, you have unexpected behavior. Right. It's not and, a seamless is, experience. It's right? not a seamless experience, right. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's very natural in the WordPress ecosystem because you have thousands and thousands of plugins built by thousands of different people. But we realized that, wait a minute, like we want to build this one single cohesive platform. It may be distributed across multiple plugins, but we want, if you install this EDD add-on and this EDD add-on built by the core team, or maybe even not built by the core team, they should just work together naturally. And we realized the only way for us to do that was for us to really take control of our product and really own it. Um, and by that, basically, we had to decide, look, we can't run a marketplace and build a platform at the same time. It's kind of one or the other. Um, so we decided that we're going to, I put it this way, is be a little selfish and take care of our products and not try to be the platform that takes care of, care of everyone else's as well. Um, and that, that goes both for like a sales platform, but also for like in terms of like run, selling plugins through the EDD website, but also through the support platform. So if you sell a plugin on the EDD website, we support it because we believe pretty firmly that if we sell it, if, if money goes through our accounts, we are responsible for the customer experience. And so therefore we are responsible for the customer support. Um, and we've just, we realized that that's not something that we can really continue doing um, indefinitely. So we want to, we're kind of trying to bring everything in and focus just on, focus on us, focus on what we build as a team. Uh, and then, I mean, we can still let everybody else do their own thing and build off of the platform, but we have to take care of ourselves. Right. Uh, and I so that it was, was uh, I thought it was a great talk, by the way. Oh, thank you. Really enjoyed it. Um, and I, I liked your point about putting your team first, uh, even before the customer. And, and uh, you know, the customer may, you know, want this or even in, in front of uh, the people that are kind of contributing to your community, you know, by building add-ons, you know, by being, you know, by putting your team first and, and them second. I think that made a lot of sense, even though you don't want to disappoint anyone. But but by not disappointing everyone, you probably still are disappointing some people that are even closer to you, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, and so one of one of the first steps for us in this whole process is to create a much better separation between what we build and what other people build, and that means that we don't list. If you build a plugin for EDD, we don't list it on the in the extensions catalog anymore. We have a we've we built a new page that has a, just a, a list of all of the third party extensions that we we are aware of. But what we used to do is we would actually create basically a create an entry in our catalog um, that so you had a product page, you had an image, you had a description, you had all of this information about your product, and so we helped you sell it. And we realized that we were spending so much time maintaining those that it was taking away from what we were trying to build. And so we decided to change that. And there's some people that were unhappy about it, but, and that's just the way it's going to go. You can't please everyone and you have to take care of yourselves. Right. I think it, it's also kind of the, the, I don't know, the phrase, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few is kind of applies here too, right? Because uh, mm -hmm. 
if you're just trying to, you know, if you're trying to appease to like a small number of people, you could end up jeopardizing the experience for everyone. Right. So, right. yeah. Yeah, so yes. in, in, in one way, so you can say that as, look, in order for us to adequately take care of our customers, we have to focus on what we build as opposed to focusing on what maybe 10 other developers have built. Yeah, so that was really kind of the, the gist of, of what I talked about. Um, and I included some personal information on it too. I think it doesn't, this whole topic, I don't think just applies to to the business or the way that you operate a team. I think it applies all the way to your personal life as well. And for me, actually, they're very closely related because my where I am in my personal life is pretty closely tied to where I am in my professional life. Um, <laughs> shitty day at work, shitty day at home. <laughs> right. Kind of thing. They, they um, spill and, over. And so, yeah, I told a little bit more about some of that experience and some of my own personal struggles with um, being being overwhelmed and how how that has affected me and some of the things that I've done to address that. Yeah, I, I I was I really related to what you're saying on this personal side there. Um, I think I mentioned this in our kind of year in review uh, episode that I I wanted to be more selfish with my time and and unless it was unless I felt hell yeah about a time commitment, I I say no. And I've I've been work I've been working on that. Uh, and for the most part, I, I've definitely said said no in a few situations where last year I definitely would have said yes. And so you know, progress is is yeah. seems to be ahead. And I think that's that's so important, and it, it's definitely right along the same lines of um, you have to realize. Look, if I don't, if I am not super excited about doing this, or I don't want to do this, it's going to it's going to be a burden. It's going to be something that I. I'm going to regret or I'm going to begrudge the entire process. Um, I mean, I wish we could say the same thing for like paying taxes and doing things like that. But, you know, those are obligations. Those are different. But in things that we have the power and control to say yes or no to, we need to be selective. We need to be selective on what we do, selective on who we work with, selective on what we build, et cetera. Yeah, for sure. Cool. uh, Uh, Any other highlights for you or things that you really got got out of it? I've got one more interesting one. So, uh, so I was talking to a couple of security uh, guys. Um, oh, darn, I don't remember the name of their product. That's so bad. Uh, we'll stick it. I'll figure it out and stick it in the show notes. That'll be just as good. But it's a it's a security product. Anyway, they're they're very security minded people. So I was asking them about storing passwords and if they were fans of LastPass or you know one password now has one password for Teams, which is like a cloud app for for password sharing. Um, and of course, these services, right? They're in the cloud, right? And all your passwords are in the cloud. So I, I've always been kind of um, nervous about using yeah. them, right? If they get hacked. Everything else is hacked. Yeah, and, and LastPass was hacked like last year, wasn't it? Um, yes. So, so it's uh, you know a little anyway. So I asked them about them, and they were like, "Yeah, not too bad." I mean, they were kind of like, "It's not ideal, but it's it's pretty good." Because I mean, the passwords that they have in the cloud are encrypted, and you do need your key to get to decrypt them. So it's not not a terrible system. So I asked them about uh, so about spreadsheets because a lot of people just use Google spreadsheets, right? And 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 I was always like, you know what, Google spreadsheets can't be that bad. I mean, go- when does Google get hacked? Never, right? Like, 
like Google's a huge target and they never get hacked, or at least we don't know that they do. <laughs> anyway, I asked them about that and they said, oh, no, <laughs> like they were like so against that. And the reason is because of encryption. The, the, when you store stuff in a, a Google spreadsheet, um, they believe anyway that it's not encrypted. So, you know, if anyone did access a server, your, your password is just sitting there. Um, right, and then, plain text. Yeah, plain text. Or if somehow someone got a hold of your spreadsheet URL or something, right? Well, or, you know, that's, um, I believe that's precisely what happened in the Hollywood hack. Pretty oh, close that to right? it. So like six months or a year ago, um, one of the big Hollywood studios got, had a breach. Right. And one of the things that leaked out was this giant spreadsheet of usernames and passwords for all right. the different services they used. Right. Yeah. And so I, I think it's that scenario right there. Yeah, that's bad. So anyway, uh, I, we're, we're going to use some, uh, one of those cloud apps, I think. Cause, yeah. um, we, use, we use LastPass. Do you? Or I, I do, at least. And I think we're going to. Some of my team does. I think we're going to use 1Password for Teams just because all of my team already uses 1Password and it integrates with with like the personal version. So um, so it's just it will just be natural for them. So there is one feature with LastPass that I, I kind of liked, um, which allowed you to, I think, share like you could share the login with someone yes, like anyone can. and without actually giving them the password. I've never used it, but I have heard that supposedly works very <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah. So if you wanted to allow someone to log into your PayPal account or something, you could just right. send them a link and it would log them in, but it wouldn't show them the password. It's um, a pretty cool feature. That is a totally cool feature. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if 1Password for Teams has that, but I just, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, so anyway, I thought that was very interesting. These are the kinds of conversations you have at conferences, right? You just never know what kind of value you're going to get out of uh, conversations. It's just, uh, it's kind of like, I just, I walked away with like notes, like just kind of a smattering of notes that are just like everything from like book and movie and music recommendations to like things like this that I can like implement uh, with the team and hiring advice and you know what I mean like so yeah yeah well that's one of the beautiful things about pressnomics is that it's just such a a dense meetup of brilliant minds in not just business but development and all of these different areas that if you have a question about any aspect of your process or anything like that there's almost certainly going to be somebody there that could answer it or help yeah for sure yeah, I love so, it. I had a really good yeah. time this year. Yeah, it's it's one of those events that I will go to every single year unless there's a reason I can't. Right. You're a four-peat, right? Like a, yep, I've been there since year one. Yeah, same here. Worth it every year. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. All right. Anyway, um, wrap if it up. anybody has any thoughts or anything they would like to share, perhaps related to their experience in Pressnomics or anything else, feel free to let us know. And otherwise, I think we should go ahead and wrap up here. All right. Talk to you next time. All right. Talk soon. Thanks, everybody.